Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 77 of Legally Clueless. I'm so happy that you're listening to this podcast and that you're part of the tribe. And I genuinely hope that you're doing okay or as close to okay as is possible because also this is 2020. (laughs) It's been a year and a half, man. I feel like we've been here for 10 years just because of everything that's happening. But it's also very important, and I keep saying this in every episode, to take care of your mental wellness. And if you need some tips on how to do that, listen to episode 54. My friend who is Wangoi, she's a clinical psychologist. She gave some very great tips, some of which I'm using. Sometimes I fall off the bandwagon and forget to do one thing in my routine, but the tips are fantastic. So just check out that episode as well. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, make sure you join the tribe officially. by heading over to our Instagram page that's at Legally Clueless Podcast. I'm super excited about this particular episode because it's one of those that's going to go down in this podcast's history. You will hear a little later in this episode a story by our youngest storyteller yet. She's 11 years old and she's doing some fantastic things, inspiring things. I mean, listen to this. Classmates used to think that you die in one hour. She told us the first COVID case had been announced in Kenya and that we might not open school the next Monday. I was in the salon and we had stayed a little bit too long. I had it on the news. They said no more school. I came up with COVID Chronicles and it's going to be a book where I compile different stories about experiences of boys and girls in Kenya during the pandemic. Me and my parents were just talking and sitting in the sitting room and they were watching news. Then I started wondering what is happening to children because we're just hearing ministers, the president and all the leaders and the big people talk only and not even children. So one um, of these nights we are sitting after dinner watching news and Verisia starts asking questions. Oh my word. Like after I recorded that story, I was just like, wow, 11 years old and writing a book. And so in the story, which you'll hear a little later on 100 African Stories in this episode, you'll also get to hear her dad chime in on the story. So I'm, I'm super excited for this episode. But before we get there, I need to send a huge shout out to everybody who sent me articles, messages about what I spoke about in episode 76, which is just trying to rest (laughs) and not feel guilty about resting. I don't know, man, this self-employment thing, it's so fulfilling. It's so beautiful. But one of the things I'm struggling with is just trying to find time to rest. Well, create time to rest because I don't think you actually find it. You have to set aside the time. But even when I do rest, the guilt I feel, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like when you rest, you're thinking about in your employment days, you're just like, wow, I'm just here relaxing. 
<laughs> and employed people have already put in 10 hours. <laughs> you know, you tell yourself all of these things and then you start feeling guilty. And I think another thing that contributes to it is social media. People online are constantly working and constantly hustling. Well, that's what they put out and they're constantly achieving. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, I shot my shot with this business or organization and it came through wood wood which is great i i think it's important to celebrate your wins but when you're consuming this all the time i think subconsciously when you rest you think that it's wrong to rest i don't know do you do you feel the same thing as well i, I genuinely i think that's one of the things that i got from social media so what i did was mute so many accounts and literally on Instagram, which is a platform that I use a lot, my feed only shows me, you know, photographers, African photographers, African fashion houses, well, family, of course, but it's a lot more creativity. So things that I'll look at and be like, oh my God, how did they achieve this shot? Or look at fabric and, and seeing prints. So I really don't know what anybody else in my industry or otherwise is up to because I felt like that was rushing me and making me feel like when I rest, hiya, you're resting. How can you be resting? <laughs> you know, and I had to remember, yo, one of the reasons that I left traditional media, I mean, I had very many reasons, but one of them was I genuinely wanted to live. I wanted to have the time to live, to experience life, to really be present. And so I just was like, sis, that's one of the reasons you resigned and now look at you. <laughs> so I want to shout out a couple of people who listened to episode 76 and reached out to me and also shared a few tips with me on my Instagram page. Sharon Zarita said one of the things that she did as somebody who has a hard time resting and not feeling guilty is she scheduled her rest time into her schedule or into her routine and she calls them her moments of nothingness I really like that and she said once you make it part of your routine the guilt just doesn't show up so I'm definitely going to try that and then Eclairs said that she wakes up earlier so that she can squeeze in more work in her morning hours which are her more productive hours I guess and that way, she gets things done faster. That part about waking up earlier, I, I can't relate. <laughs> Sis, I cannot. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. Plus, I really don't think I am productive until about 9 a.m. to 12 noon are my most productive hours. If you want me to start work at 7 a.m., it's not happening. I just, I'm not in that mind frame. <laughs> First of all, I'm not even awake. <laughs> um, another thing that I wanted to share was sent to me by Nkirote. Big shout out to you. She sent me a link to an article which I have put in the description of this episode. The article is about avoiding burnout when you're self-employed. I really did appreciate that article. So if it's an issue you're also going through, just check out the description of this episode and you'll find a link to that article. It's listed, I think, about four to five different tips one of the tips was asking for help, which <laughs> some of us uh, really struggled. <laughs> 
is asking for help, man. But check out the article. I hope it helps out. And if you have any other articles or you have any other tips, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Legally Clueless Podcast. Jumping into the song of the week. So y'all know I love this particular artist. She is an Ethiopian artist, but she's based in the States. Her name is Mereba. I find her music so healing. When I'm writing poetry or I'm in like a writing funk, writer's block, I listen a lot to her music. And I, it's so funny because I stumbled on her music randomly on YouTube. It just did that thing where it kept playing songs, playing songs. And then her song came on. And I was like, what is that awesomeness? Um, so one of the songs that I really love, I find it so healing. Like when I listen to it, it's like I'm in a trance. It's called Get Free. Oh my God. It's about two minutes long. It's actually not that long, but it is powerful. So check out that song. I'll put a link to it in the description of this episode. And remember, you can actually nominate songs to get to be the song of the week. All you have to do is send me a link to the song. Aki, those people who sent me WhatsApp audio notes with the entire song, I think that's illegal. (laughs) You're not helping the artist. Unless it is your song personally. So you need to send it to the Legally Clueless hotline number, which is plus 254-768-628-790. Oh my God. So we need to jump into 100 African stories. I'm so excited about the story. but And the reason I'm excited about it is not only that this is probably the youngest, not probably, is the youngest storyteller we've ever had on this podcast. Also because I've been thinking about how kids are perceiving this madness that is 2020 and the pandemic and even like, you know, we, we can't shelter them from it because their going to school routine has completely been shattered, right? And I remember a couple of weeks ago, so where my niece, for those of you who don't know, I am an aunt, a real one, not the ones for bandikaying. <laughs> oh, my sister has uh, basically a newborn because she's not even two months yet. So near where my sister stays, a gate away from her is our cousin Dola. And Dola has two daughters. And the last time I went to see my niece, I ran into Dola as I was parking my car. And, you know, I was just like, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. Like, how's everybody? How are the kids doing? And she was like, "Where? I'm just tired. You know, she was like, she needs to find time for herself to just de-stress. Because she's not a single mom, but her partner works in a different country. She works from home. Her kids, I think one of them is probably in class one and the older one is in class eight. So even with the online classes, she needs to be present with the one in class one, you know, just to help her in case. And they, the, the Wi-Fi they use is Zuku and you know Zuku. <laughs> so in case, you know, the internet dips, how does she reconnect and all of that. So it's it's intense for her. And she was just like, it was, it's such a shift. I don't have kids, so I haven't seen it firsthand. But that conversation with my cousin Dola just made me be like, hmm, I wonder if I could get stories from parents. At the time, I was thinking of stories from parents. And then last week, I get told about this young Kenyan girl, Vericia, who goes to McKinney School. She's in McKinney Middle School and she's writing a book. So I was like, wait, she's doing what? Writing a book. How old is she? (laughs) And the book is about 
how kids are responding to the pandemic. I mean, this was very interesting for me because even if, and and I think you will probably relate to this, if you think back to your childhood, you did not live through a pandemic. <laughs> I think the closest that I got to disrupted classes was during a strike. There was one major strike, I remember, by teachers in public schools. And I was in a private primary school, but we had to miss one day because the public school teachers wanted the private school teachers to join in on the strike. And so parents were worried that if the private school teachers didn't join in, then, you know, it could become a bit chaotic. So I remember we missed one day. And then I think the next day (laughs) we went in home clothes, basically. So not in uniform. I don't know what the strategy there was, but anyway, we went in home clothes. And then the other time I remember those disruptions, I went to Loretta Convent Valley Road and there was a time there were crazy floods in Nairobi. So in the primary school, there was, how do I explain this? So you, if you went to LCVR, you know, you walk in and the classes are kind of like in a circle and in the middle, there's a depression. So you go down these stairs and that's where we'd have like assemblies and stuff like that. So when it flooded, because the primary school was on a slope, the water like went all the way in that space where we used to have assemblies was completely like it was a swimming pool. And so we missed school much to my delight. (laughs) I was like, holiday. (laughs) But I can't relate with kids nowadays in terms of what are their thoughts around this pandemic, around e-learning, around, you know, them resuming the curriculum next year, you know? Do they understand what a pandemic... I don't even know how how are parents even explaining to kids what corona is. Back to Vericia, I was very excited because I was just like, yeah, I would really love to know what kids are thinking about the pandemic. And so she's collecting a couple of stories to hopefully publish in December. So maybe you have like a little sister or your own child or you know somebody who has a child who you think would want to share their story in Vericia's book. If you check out the description, I've linked all of Vericia's book, which is called COVID Chronicle. So I've put all the links to the COVID Chronicles social media pages and you can try and just, and even if you don't have a kid, just visit it because what she's doing is, oh, is amazing. So she goes to McKinney Middle School and McKinney schools have really adjusted quickly to this quote-unquote new normal, right? Which is going to be with us for some some time. Immediately after the lockdown was announced in Kenya, they quickly started figuring out how to move their system onto a digital platform. So the e-learning system and how to also walk parents through it and walk the students through it as well. And one of the things they built was a competency building enrichment program. And in this program, it's really so cool because kids can learn digital literacy, coding. They can learn web design. Oh, my word. Sports. Obviously, they have a variety of sports that kids can learn online. Music and music instruments, performing arts. There's also debates and so much more. The one that really got me there was coding and web design. Y'all know, I told you a couple of episodes ago, my issues with getting my website done. (laughs) 
<laughs> how much money I had to spend. <laughs> and then the first month of lockdown is when I learned how to just build my own website for myself. So when I saw that was on this, the enrichment program, one of the things that kids can learn, I was like, hey, <laughs> they better learn because they'll need it. <laughs> I think it's just one of those programs that as we wait for direction on schools opening, you want your kids, your nieces, your nephews, hey, my fellow aunties <laughs> and uncles, um, your little siblings to kind of like retain knowledge and then have a smoother transition back to school once we have a way forward. The things I've listed are really world skills and life skills. And even as much as this entire pandemic and 2020 as a whole is just confusing us as adults can you imagine what it is doing for kids and I guess enrolling them in such programs gives them some structure that could help them even with their mental well-being so if you are absolutely keen on getting more details what you can do is just email Makini School I've put their email in the description of this episode but it's communications at com, and you can also call them up their number is plus two five four seven four zero two one four nine eight five but as you're doing that I really want you to listen to Verissia's story because hey she's 11 but at my big age of 31, <laughs> I'm just like all the things and ideas that I have that I want to execute. I should just start the same way she has. A hundred African stories powered by McKinney Schools. Build on your child's mental health by developing their individuality with the McKinney Competency Building Enrichment Program. For more info on how to enroll, email communications at mckinneyschool.com or call 0740-214-985. McKinney Schools. Learning continues. My name is Verisia and I'm from Kenya. I'm the firstborn. I go to McKinney Middle School. I am 11 years old. The first time I heard of COVID-19 was in class when one of my classmates had had heard about it and came to tell us. What they were saying was not really like the information you are given right now that everybody knows about it. They People used to think, my classmates used to think that that you die in one hour. I felt scared. I was scared of the virus and that it will catch my family members and they might die. The next time I talked about it, actually when my classmate told us about it, it was on a Wednesday and that Friday was the day that um, we had gotten the first case. So that was the the next time that I heard of it. It was actually our prize giving day. Our headmistress made an announce announcement. She told us the first COVID case had been announced in Kenya and that we might not open school the next Monday. I, I felt again scared and I didn't want to close school because I would miss my friends. I was in the salon and we had stayed a little bit too long and it was about 7 o'clock and it was 7 o'clock news I think it was time for that then 
um i had it on the news that they said no more school i felt so bad and worried that i would not see my friends again about let's say two weeks after after we closed the teachers sent zoom links to our parents first we had an assembly and they announced to us that now we'll be doing online schooling then we started on zoom which was not so very good and then we switched to google classroom what i didn't like about zoom is that like if they're teaching and they ask a question when you type an answer and send it to them since they disable all of the chats so that students can chat to each other when you want to chat to the teacher and answer if the teacher's name is not there and you can't chat to them then there's no giving the answer and also you can't unmute the lessons we learn online are maths english science kiswahili social studies and cre before we we used to wake up at um let's say 7 30 take a shower eat our breakfast then walk to school because we live near school now we wake up at around 8 or the same time and just eat breakfast then log into our accounts on google classroom and join the first call for the day which is always contact lesson it's a lesson where just you your classmates and your teacher just um like you can chat with them they can give their teacher gives you the the theme of the week and the memory verse and all those stuff i'm feeling a little less scared about the pandemic uh, because my family members are safe and we are all staying inside our houses and we are keeping safe and if we go out to social distance i came up with covid chronicles and it's going to be a book where i compile different stories about experiences of boys and girls in kenya from 8 to 12 years old during the pandemic it was just a friday night and we were just me and my parents were just talking and sitting in the sitting room and they were watching news so then i started wondering what is happening to children because we're just hearing ministers and the president and all the leaders and the big people talk only and not even children so so i, I came up with the idea also from listening to michelle obama read books on youtube after i thought about it i told my parents and they agreed that it was a good idea so next we just planned and agreed on how we are going to do it and put it out we agreed that that how we are going to receive the stories and we got somebody to make um the online poster for us we put the posters out and now we are receiving stories from children in kenya my favorite stories one is from Nia Kangara. She's actually my best friend. It's about how how she is coping in the pandemic and how she how she is at home and what she likes about it and what she doesn't. But it's a very interesting story. Another favorite one is a story about a girl how she is 
dealing with the pandemic also and how she has learned many new things and discovered talent she never knew she had and it's a very fun story to read mine is about how i got to know of the virus and how i reacted and how we started our online learning and how how i've dealt with the pandemic so far and also new things that i have learned i've learned to draw better um, to cook with my mom and also to bake i've received about 16 stories i'm in the mckinney enrichment program and so far i've learned a lot with the teachers and we also do pe and i have learned to skip rope very well in our pe class back to covid chronicles my book i want to try publish it um in december i want all adults and big people to read it so that they can know the experiences of children i am very proud of myself for writing a book at age 11 you know we've just heard barisia's beautiful story and i wanted to bring you into this story as well davis you're her dad you must be very proud I am proud and afraid. You know, as a dad, you want to lead your child in familiar paths and um, things. Uh, but uh, she's breaking rules, you know, thinking of doing things which uh, I've not done, which is I'm saying is scary and exciting. You know, parenting is this day and age is, is very interesting because you really have to follow what the child uh, wants to do and quickly study, look for help, try and channel that interest in the right way, uh, hopefully achieve uh, optimum results. It's a mix of feelings. We're really trying to stretch to keep up because these things um, are new to us, to me, let me say. <laughs> so one um, of these nights we are sitting after dinner watching news and Verisia starts asking questions. Uh, regarding other children and putting this in context like the leaders are talking talking to the nation we're hearing doctors but where are the voices of our children who knows what children are going through or thinking about and we said why don't you do it uh, look for those children you have many friends your age and you know just do it i mean it's about doing and that's how the whole idea was born. But critical is the fact that, you know, we always encourage them to read storybooks. Reading only is monotonous and these technology add-ons, YouTube and all that has really helped. So we stumbled upon the podcast by Michelle Obama. She reads stories for children. And we told her, you know, you can do something so that tomorrow when this pandemic is over, people can actually read experiences uh, written by children themselves and it will be a good read i'm sure not only for children but for parents and that's how everything was born so we started putting things together we need a whatsapp number we need an email address we need a poster and we reached out to people and we were able to put them together that's how it, it started you know when you have this idea like starting a business and when you get your first shilling the first sell so there was that excitement, like, guys, this thing is working. People are responding. 
and the challenge was to find more and more people responding. I think one of the first ones we received was a story from uh, Uganda. A parent reached out and said they have, I think, a five or six year old. They say they, they, they saw this post and they really want to write something. And we told them, why not? It's, it's not what we thought of, but help the kid to put on the story. So this is one of the most interesting one for, for me and one of the first ones. I remember three incidents. The, the, the second one, a child wrote a story, of course, the scary bit about COVID and the fact that she can no longer blow the candles off the birthday cake uh, because that will spread the virus. So that, again, was a very interesting thing. I'd never thought of that, but that coming from a kid, it means when we engage them, we learn more. They, they, they are thinking beings. They are people. They are intelligent. One of these days, we were low and saying this thing has been quiet. Then, boom, we get like six stories from um, a children's home. It was handwritten, and they took photos of the stories and then sent to us. And uh, so we said, okay, this is good. Uh, we hadn't thought of it that way. But again, you have children who have challenges with technology, so they can't type. Uh, so we opened it up and said, okay, through WhatsApp, take a photo of what you've written and send it off. So it kept Verisia busy a bit So because he had, he had, she had to read and uh, type the story. But uh, she, she did it after like two days. She was done. Now, I'm one of those unique Kenyans. I'm uh, married to a public health uh, specialist. So for us, it was a play which has been rehearsed, now it's unfolding. Because uh, she, my wife had warned us that this thing is bigger than what we know. And the public health protocols are simple. Identify, isolate. That's how you manage these pandemics. You identify and isolate. It could come in various forms. So she had prepared us mentally. Seeing it starting to happen, seeing the team of uh, leaders behind uh, the minister uh, the, the CS for Health, when they were announcing, it immediately dawned on us that this thing is happening. I mean, it's here with us. As a family, I would say we were a bit prepared by having that privilege of living with somebody who is in the public health um, uh, space. Of course, it was very scary. I don't know how true those images were. I think initially we were treated to those images of people falling off the streets and you know, all those kind of things. We, we were scared. You can imagine, I bought supplies to prepare for quarantine. It has become a bit better, but it's still scary. Reading the sad news of families uh, getting infected, all of them, some of them uh, losing members of family. I can't really imagine the pain they're going through. Uh, so we're still very cautious. We don't allow them to go out, play in the house. So the house is a school, a home, play field. Everything is happening here trying to make them more responsible, watch news with them, watch their COVID briefings, let them know that this is not a movie, this is happening, and we have to, to adjust. We have learned many things that we thought are not possible. Working from home and doing everything uh, from home, including very important meetings, looking for business, talking to customers, talking to teachers, uh, uh, doing many things online. Uh, it has really made us think now uh, that uh, post-COVID, if there will ever be a post-COVID period, I think things have changed. We are actually now entertaining the fact that, you know, this could be the new normal. The involvement of parents in, in, in the schooling of their children has increased. We are here with them. The teachers are far away. 
uh, yet near through technology, but the role of the parent is much, much more now. I would um, say we are very lucky to be with McKinney School. Uh, McKinney is known, they, they, they have done very well in the last 40 years. They jumped in and gave a lot of comfort almost immediately, uh, communicating very well about what should happen, what will happen and all that. I think a few days after the lockdown was declared, uh, we all got Zoom credentials and the classes started, the online classes started. Uh, that gave us a lot of comfort because the, the, the fear of what will the children be doing the whole day. The challenge of that was that uh, we had to run around and go where parents go to get money and buy all these laptops and earphones and all that. And because, again, there was a scramble for these devices, the prices had shot up. But we did our best and we are grateful we were able to acquire these devices and we were able to jump into a structured uh, program. Transiting from Zoom to Google Class, again, was very smooth, a very structured uh, day, starting from 8.30 with what they call a contact class, which I think is almost like an assembly where um, just people reach out to each other, freshen up, get a briefing on how the day will be. They're given passwords for the different lessons. Uh, sometimes they even pray, all those things. Uh, and the class starts. And, and uh, we were pleasantly surprised when uh, they were told now there will be assessments, online assessments. Uh, so that brought in more seriousness in all this. The revisions were there. They shared the slides that um, they were teaching the children with, and we were able to help uh, our children to revise. They did two assessments. There was a mid-term assessment and another assessment to kind of close off uh, the, the, the session. So it, it's, it's been good. I think one of the things is um, make sure that the people you reach out and the institutions you ascribe to have a strategic leadership. So what I would want to share with other parents and to just encourage all parents is that the content of education is the same and it can be delivered in various ways. I remember when we started in our school, McKinney, they were sharing material which we had to print, then have the children you know, attempt, do, read and answer the questions, then we send the answers for the teachers to, to, to mark. But that has since progressed to interactive platforms. But that said, the content doesn't change. So let's focus on the content. If you can access the content, you can actually do it at home at a very affordable rate. You just need to have it structured, have a program. The government was very clear that Everyone has stopped. Do more of the revisions. The interesting things, I mean, writing stories uh, is not the same as writing composition. So pick interesting topics the children uh, would write and surprise them one day that today we are reading the story you wrote last month and read it to them. Focus on the content. Don't stress yourself on the method. The method is based on maybe your economic ability. So for the ones who can afford the interactive platforms, let them do it. But if you feel you, you want to keep it basic, the content is the same. I think that's the message I want to tell all the parents. The content is the same. It's a revision 
time let's just revise keep them fresh no need to kill yourself teaching them new concepts let's just revise because when the uh, the academic year starts everyone will start where they stopped our prayer is to have at least 100 uh, stories so far we are almost touching 20 we have a lot of parents who have promised to send them uh, to, to, to send their contribution the contribution from their children so we are positive that uh, we should be able to achieve that of course a disruption has appeared we've registered them for the Cambridge uh, you know system which is kicking in in September uh, so that will eat a bit of time from her program but we will support her because as the contributions are coming we keep encouraging her to write more stories again with support from friends like you Adele you know the word will go out the people who had heard will be reminded and we should reach that uh, target and you know we're grateful for other media uh, you know platforms who picked up the story and published it uh, so we know in good time we should be able to reach that target publish the story and have it out towards the end of december so that in january people can have a new book uh, to read and to read for their children a hundred African stories powered by McKinney Schools. Our teachers are guaranteed to be hands-on with your child to build their inquisition skills and ensure their growth with the McKinney Competency Building Enrichment Program. For more info on how to enroll, email communications at mckinneyschool.com or call 0740-214-985. McKinney Schools. Learning continues. So while I was recording Varicia and her dad, Davis, I remember telling her dad that Back in the day, my late mom used to insist that we watch nine o'clock news before we go to bed. And it always used to just bore me. <laughs> I always just used to be like, man, why are we being forced to sit through this torturous thing? There are no cartoons. There's no excitement. <laughs> but looking back, I think it's one of those things where you want your kid to be conversant. Even if it's like 1% conversant with what's happening in the world around them. Me at that age, I was just like, ah. And then after this, Bold in the Beautiful will start. <laughs> and we'll be sent to bed. <laughs> oh, my word. But I, I really can't wait for December. I genuinely want to buy that book once it comes out. Because after speaking, as I said earlier, to my cousin Dola and hearing all of the changes she had to do with her kids... I'm just wondering, 2020 has confused me at my big age. So I really wonder about kids and how are they, are they understanding what's happening and how has it shifted normal for them in their eyes? You know what I mean? So I'd urge you to just check out the link in the description to the COVID Chronicles social media pages. Share the poster. Let's help Varicia get to the 100 stories so that by December, she can have published this book. I, I think it's commendable what she's doing and it would be so good for us to just kind of help her. Something that her dad Davis mentioned that it's going to be a juggle for her going into September is because she's now enrolled in the Cambridge curriculum. And so that's something that McKinney has just introduced. So alongside 844 and CBC, they have the Cambridge curriculum and it's going to kick off virtually on the 7th of September from year four to year nine. And the subjects that, you know, kids are going to be learning under this curriculum are English, math, 
science, there's history, there's ICT, obviously physical education, geography, global perspectives. That one sounds quite interesting. You know, you also have your languages, which is Swahili and French. And they've worked that curriculum to be an international curriculum with a Kenyan context and content. So you can see, even due to this pandemic, the world is becoming one digital village. So it makes sense to be able to have the skills that translate both locally and internationally. And so if this has piqued your interest, just hit up the McKinney family on email, communications at com, or give them a buzz on plus 254-740-214-985. You can check out their website. I'll put a link to that in the description. So remember, if you have always wanted to share your story on this podcast, clearly now it doesn't matter however old you are. (laughs) Come through, come through. All you have to do is send a one minute WhatsApp audio note telling me a bit about your story, the one you want to share. I'll give you some story prompts and we'll set up a day and time that we can record your story remotely. And so the Legally Clueless podcast number is in the description but I will tell it to you again. I don't know why I've not memorized this number yet. Oh, there we go. It's plus 254-768-628-790. And a big shout out to everybody sending through their stories. The the hotline number is one of my favorite spaces to be in because I, I feel like once you send me one of your stories and we start chatting, we are automatically friends. But it's also a space where if you listen to an episode of this podcast and you relate with it or it's made you feel a certain way, imagine feel free to send me a WhatsApp voice note about it. I'm here, Adele. Thank you for another week of um, Legally Clueless. You asked if we're doing okay. I am doing okay, yeah. Apart from a few issues here and there, but I'm doing. I'm generally doing okay. I want to thank you for this new episode. I've been listening to it, and I don't know. It's just. It's so sad. I. I don't understand how someone could get into a relationship to hurt someone so much. Why would you get into a relationship in the first place if you're going to hurt the other person? And then I listened to episode 46. I know, like, it's been so long, but the parts I think I skipped and I'm going back to listen to every single one of them. I genuinely love getting those messages from you. That particular message, you didn't leave your name, but I really do appreciate it because it just speaks to the podcast's hut, right? Which is one, it's okay not to know. I think a huge part of being human is not knowing and being legally clueless. That's where the name is from. And then two, our human and African experiences are so different, but they're so similar. Do you get that? Like when you listen to a lot of stories, you're just like, oh my God, I can relate with ABCD. So that's why I love getting, you know, the messages from you. So feel free to send them my way. Let's chit chat. (laughs) Just know we'll automatically become friends. Disclaimer. However, remember this podcast also plays on Trace Radio. So all you have to do is go to traceradio.co.ke to find a list of the frequencies. If you're in Kenya, you can tune in the old school way. But you can also catch it on Trace Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 9 a.m. and at 8 p.m. as well. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.